Hey, good evening, friends. Welcome back to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode six. Uh, my name is Gabe Estel, and I am here with my co-host, my good buddies Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, fellas? Doing good. Pretty good. good. Excellent. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, I've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while. Um, it's summertime, and the festival season is underway. Um, you know, we're already we're already uh, the start of July here and a few festivals have already happened and we've got plenty more big and small coming up. Um, so we're going to talk about one particular festival, um, sort of the cream of the crop, I think, when it comes to American music festivals. Um, and it's it's Bonnaroo. So but we're going to do our own thing. We're going to do our own twist on that. Bonna shoe. OK, so we're going to talk about our take on bon- on on our own Bonnaroo. Uh, we're going to talk about Bonnaroo kind of as an institution a little bit as well. Levi's attended Bonnaroo quite a few times. I've attended a couple times as well. Um, you know, it's it's like I said, you know, it's it's kind of become the premier or at least maybe the most unique in the sense of all the collaboration that happens between the artists for American music festivals. So it's a special it's a it's a special special festival. Um, so we're going to talk about it as well as our our kind of ideal Bonnaroo if the three of us were put in charge of, of booking the main acts. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, and we're going to start uh, the show talking a little bit about baseball, and then at the end we're going to um, uh, close it out with, with showing our baseball cards as well. So it should have a lot of fun tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, r- guys, right now, you know, we're, we're approaching the halfway point of the season. Um, you know, we've got about a, we'll get about two weeks until the all-star game, a little bit less than two weeks, I think. And, um, so we're, we're sitting here and you, this is kind of the time of year where yes, a lot of things can still happen, but it's most likely that the good teams are probably going to remain pretty good. You know, it's, it's, it's already the first of July could be wrong. You know, a lot could happen, but most likely I'm saying we kind of know where each of our teams are, I think right now. Um, Jonathan might have the most sort of the most up in the air for his for the Royals, I think, just because, you know, they, they could overtake that division or, or they can slide. There's Whereas I think with the Cubs, yeah, yeah, with the Cubs and the White Sox, I think we kind of know where we're at this at this point, And it's probably not that good, although the Cubs have oh, yeah. pretty well over the last couple weeks. Um, so I just wanted to get you guys take um, on. Maybe your biggest surprise or your biggest disappointment for your team or just the baseball season in general. Anything really stand out to you guys so far? So, Levi, I'll, I'll start with you uh, about the Cubs or just, you know, around the league. Anything, yeah. anything kind of stand out to you so far? Um, well, the Cubs the last couple months. Right. They, I mean, they haven't played awful. No. Um, especially this last month. In, um, June. Yeah, and so – you know, um, we're obviously not competing in the division. So, I mean, part of me says we should maybe call up some of the guys in AAA that are doing studly things right now. There's the Alcantara. There's um, Bryant, who is already hitting AAA pitching just as hard as he was AA pitching. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, maybe give them, like, the last, you know, month or two of the season, at least, to, like, get some major league at-bats. No- don't promise them that they're going to make the team next year or anything. But I mean, if we're not in it to win it, so why why not at least give those guys the experience of a call up? You know, I mean, because aside from like Castro and Rizzo, like 
like you guys don't really have anybody that's like untouchable or that like that like couldn't be moved if somebody no. ever came up yeah. and planted them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the, those are the only two guys I would say they're untouchable. Right. Everyone on the pitching staff will trade. We'll trade all the outfield. We'll yeah. I mean it's yeah. And I mean there are some good players, but I mean there nobody's nobody's doing things that aren't you know not trade worthy. Right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they um, and then also for you guys, I mean, Arietta's pitched really well over the last over his last few starts. Um, yeah, last night he almost had a no hitter again. Took yeah. it into I think it was the eighth against the Red Sox. So he had seven and two thirds, I think, or something like that, is what he got. But um, game I think going into the sixth, it was. Is it first year with the Cubs? As far as I know, yes, because I don't remember him last year. On Baltimore, but I, I'm not positive. Because I remember Baltimore, he was pretty touted on Baltimore, and I, I, don't, I don't think he really panned out, you know. Um, another guy that, with the Cubs, I didn't know you had this guy until, obviously because I'm up with my son, I'm watching a lot of 3 a.m. highlights. <laughs> I didn't know you had Chris Coughlin until, like, a few games. Oh, yeah, yeah, 2005, whatever, no, hey, 9, 2009. Right, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, and it's weird that he, like, fell from grace that far to where he's on the Cubs five years later. But he hasn't played that bad the last month. The first couple months of the season, he was kind of scrapping a little bit. But he's turned it around. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's dynamic to the team. I mean, you can kind of feel it some days, but then other days they can't get a hit. So it's – that's the major leagues, though. It's from a few people. It just it hasn't translated into wins, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Except for again, though, the last last two weeks have been have been good. They've been in the right direction, certainly. So yeah, oh, excellent, excellent. Um, Jonathan, what about you? Do you anything about um, the Royals or even beyond the Royals? Well, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I like to I like to sit and just look at the stats, um, you know, on 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 Sunday mornings uh, and. Uh, I think that there's a chance, and it's been a long time, it seems like, that we could either have 100 stolen bases by a single player in a year or have 300 strikeouts by a single player in a year. And I don't know the last time either one of those happened. Um, I imagine Ricky Henderson was involved uh, or Nolan Ryan was involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, David right. Price, he's not too far back from being on pace for 300 strikeouts for the year. Uh, he's got about 140-some. Um, and uh, stolen bases, I think it's um, – uh, who was it? Uh, not Altuve, was it? Um, but Altuve's got oh. – Somebody's got like 40. Uh, he, 44. Uh, D. Gordon has 50. D. D Gordon. Yeah, D. Gordon. You're right. So, yeah, and D. Gordon's got Gordon about nine triples. Yeah. What's that? 50 stolen bases by July 1st is, is he's stealing a lot of bases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I and mean, if he stays healthy, then, a yeah. Lot of bases. yeah. 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 I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him um, when I saw the Dodgers uh, in town last week. Uh, he didn't. He had the night off. So, yeah. Um, but th- those two things are intriguing from from just a, a purely statistical standpoint. Otherwise, you know, uh, guys like Troy Tulowitzki, uh, Victor Martinez, actually staying healthy and tearing up the league. Uh, it's it's uh, not surprising. It's just nice to see them staying healthy. 
Um, right. Uh, otherwise, with the Royals, um, recently it's been the the rise of Lorenzo Kane. Uh, Kane it was one of those pieces that came over uh, in this Grinky deal uh, with the Brewers. Uh, him and uh, Alcides Escobar uh, came over in that yeah. deal. Uh, so that's you know working out pretty well for the for the Royals and, and Kane is really he another guy who's finally able to stay healthy and uh, he's he's uh, established himself at the top of the uh, at the top of that order. Uh, in addition to that, um, the Royals starting pitching. Uh, the fact that James Shields is kind of their fourth best pitcher right now is uh, fourth best starting pitcher is is. Uh, Pretty interesting, uh, if if you would have thought about that at the beginning of the year. Uh, so uh, again, tonight he's it looks like he's having another below average night uh, against the Twins. Uh, but if that's their situation going into September October, then uh, they'll be in good shape. And as long as Ned Yost has the wherewithal to not necessarily start James Shields in Game One of a playoff series. Uh, and use somebody who's got the hot hand, uh, even though he might be young, like Jordano Ventura. Uh, then he—that's who I'd go. Yeah, if right. I, if I right. Had to start game one. Yeah. Even though you got big game James, I don't think you use big game James if he's got a four zero ERA uh, going in. Going you go into with October. the best pitcher on that given day. You know exactly. what I mean? I don't, I don't care. Exactly. Yeah, Levi, I can tell. Yeah, I don't care. Like. Oh, yeah. Who's got the bigger contract? Who's who yeah. has uh, you know more stature? Yeah. Like the best dude at that particular moment, he's yeah. the one who goes out there. Exactly. In my oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Good. Good observations all around. I I don't really know what to make of the Royals because you know it's like they'll Detroit will win a few and the Royals will lose a few and then the Royals will win a lot and Detroit will start losing. So, I mean, I guess it'll be kind of fun to. It's not that much fun for me since they play in like team's division but yeah i mean they're gonna they're gonna be fighting it out you know i think i think uh it could be fun to watch those two teams fight back and forth for the for first the the for uh the second half of the season so yeah yeah, yeah we'll see yeah i mean for the white Sox, um you know obviously i mean all the attempt has really kind of been focused on one guy and it's pretty pretty obvious who that guy is gordon beck just kidding it's um <laughs> right right Right. So, uh, yeah, obviously, it, I don't really I don't even really want to focus on Abreu because, like, it's pretty obvious, like, that's, you know, he's he's our offense, essentially. Um, he's yeah, he's tearing it up at kind of pretty unprecedented levels. Um, so, you know, might have might have a rookie. That's that's very likely. So we'll we'll see. Um, but the thing that stands out to me, one thing that has happened kind of quietly um, is Alexei Ramirez has really become one of the best shortstops in the American League defense. And I don't really – I think he's done that rather quietly. I don't I don't think he gets a lot of attention for it. But, um, you know, like there's some people over in the National League, like Tulowitzki's having a monster year. Um, but really, if you look around the American League, um, he's one of the best now. You know, it took him a little while to get there. Um, you know, he's – I think he's over 30 now. And, um, but, but yeah, you know, he's, he's really good. Um, and he's been, he's been another bright spot. I mean, he's been good for a few years, but he finally looks like he's, he's become the player that, you know, 
maybe people thought he would be, or he's finally the potential is fine. So he didn't come into baseball until he was about 20 into the big leagues until he was about 25 or 26. So, you know, we kind of had that as a disadvantage because he was a little bit of a late start. And now, you know, he's sort of like he hits his stride when he's like 31. Yeah, I didn't realize like he's that old. Wow. Yeah. 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 Did I. yeah. He played in Cuba for quite a few for a, few, a good good number of years. And then we signed him in 08. And I, I think he was 25 when we got him in 08. So, yeah, do the math. So he's 30, 31. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's been he's been really a pleasant surprise. So um, on a very kind of frustrating team that, you know, two and a half weeks ago was, you know, two games out of first place and now is, you know, eight, nine games out of first place. So been frustrated, Frust- frustrating season for both teams in Chicago. Like I said, good individual performances, but for. Neither team has really been able to, to capitalize on all that and make it cohesive so they can win games. So, so yeah, good good recap of the first uh, the first half of the season. Um, moving on to sort of the main course of this evening, um, Bonnaroo Music Festival um, happens every year in June in Manchester, Tennessee, which is uh, a little ways outside of Nashville. And uh, I've made the trek over there a few times. It's been a few years. I know Levi's made the trek over there quite a few times. Um, and so it's become a rock and roll institution now, really. Um, I would – you guys you guys, you can agree, disagree. I don't know. It seems like, like Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, and Coachella would kind of be like the three big American festivals that can kind of book anybody. You know what I mean? Like those – those three, like nobody's off the table for it seems like who they can get, you know, who they can book um, like just just anybody. It could be it could be the biggest pop act. It could be, you know, the most venerable kind of, you know, biggest classic rock act. Um, you know, it, it could really be just about anybody that those three festivals can book. And Bonnaroo stands out a little bit from those others, the other two and other festivals, because you know, it's become very a very collaborative experience for the artists there. Um, it's kind of like they took um, that sort of jam band kind of improvisational ethos, and that's permeated kind of the whole – a lot of the lineup there. You know, you see people who normally wouldn't sit in with other people play, you know, together, and they play late into the night sometimes, and they play covers, and they – you know, Stevie, I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, because he, he's a guy I've always wanted to see. But Stevie Wonder was there a few years ago. And um, I don't really know, like, Stevie, if Stevie, I think Stevie Wonder just kind of does sort of like a greatest hits thing, even though he's a, such a phenomenal musician. At Bonnaroo, he walked on stage and he tore up his, his set list. And he's like, let's do it. Let's do whatever we want. You know, so you don't really see that at a lot of festivals. Um, but you see it at Bonnaroo. So that's, that makes it that makes it pretty special. And um before we get into our lineups, Levi and I actually went to the very first Bonnaroo in 2002. And, um, you know, at the time I would say that, you know, my, 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 I still like a lot of the bands that, that played there. Certainly it would be like a lineup. I don't know if I would get as excited about today because it was a very, it was a very granola kind of, you know, crunchy sort of lineup. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. All, all of the jam band, of yeah, the time everybody was there. there. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, yeah that's they like converged them all on one on one spot. But then you know, the next year you had Neil Young and Crazy Horse playing there, and you had Sonic Youth playing there. And so since then, the lineup is just it can be anybody. 
I mean, hell, Levi, I think, didn't you go one year where Metallica played it? Yeah, Metallica. Yeah, <laughs> they like, played, they were a headliner one year. Yeah, you Tore go from, it up, man. Yeah. It was a great show. You go from widespread panic as a headliner to like five years later, you go to six years later, you go to Metallica as a headliner. You know, it's like, yeah. that's good. That's a good thing to me. You know, I, I like yeah, both of those yeah. bands. I like um, the eclecticness. I think that's what draws so many people to that festival. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's got just sort of a, like sort of a, just, there's no limits, you know, for like who can play. And, and they, like I said, they approach it a little differently. Um, they know that there's sort of collaborative spirits in the air. So, um, really cool festival. And, um, it seems like now Bonnaroo, they've, they start like sort of on a Thursday night now. Um, but there, there isn't really a headliner for Thursday night per se, you know, it's not, a lot of the smaller bands sort of play on Thursday night. And then there's a Friday night headliner, a Saturday night headliner, and then a Sunday night headliner. And then also, um, just to tell our, our listeners kind of the format of Bonnaroo, there's also really these kind of high-profile late-night shows now. Um, like the first year that Levi and I went, the late-night show meant Mo playing until like seven o'clock in the morning right yeah yeah it yeah. was daylight walking back it was insane it. yeah i remember i remember like passing out and then like and they were like like two hours into their set i woke up and they were like still playing you know, for, like, <laughs> yeah for like another hour yeah. and a half right yeah. yeah but anyway that was kind of the late night the first night the first year excuse me um now you know the late night sets are are pretty high profile artists you know not with all due respect to mo sort of you know like kanye west uh played a late night set um you know they have these sort of collaborative super jam things that have late night sets like uh like i i, I want to say even like don't go with this like r kelly might have played like a late night set like a, a few years ago but but he played with like my more and 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 um other artists that i can't normally imagine that he collaborates with Mule and friends, and right. they literally brought up like a who's who of rock and roll yeah. to play with them. Yeah, John Paul yeah, Jones it was, played with them, right? Yeah, John Paul Jones, um, Yorma, and Jack Cassidy from Jefferson Airplane. Uh, Bob Weir, who was drunk and almost fell down the steps to get on the stage because we were VIP, so we could watch from the side of the stage. And, um, was he was he wearing short shorts by any chance? He, oh yeah, short shorts and sandals. He, he loves Bob Weir and a polo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Luther Dickinson got up and played with them. And um, I'm trying to think who else. How big of a stage is that? The one that this was. Um, I don't. I I don't know. It was one of the tents, the late night tents. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you were walking into Bonnaroo would be in the southeast corner I guess and when we say tent, um, even though it's a tent that means like oh, it's huge 20,000 yes. people could be watching them yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah 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 okay. they're more like gigantic barns that you would house like agricultural machines in or something but they're all open air and then the crowd spills out obviously. right yeah right yeah. I'm asking questions to somebody who's never been because yeah. I could never tolerate crowds that big or staying in a tent. <laughs> Ever. <Right. laughs> well, Understandable. It, it was not pleasant. Um, yeah, so what I, what I wanted to talk about... Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up the uh, the Bonnaroo lineup page from uh, from this year. 
just to uh, just to have it handy here as well. Um, you know, this year's headliners um, were it looks like like a Vampire Weekend, Kanye West on the Friday night. Okay, the Saturday night was Lionel Richie. Another again, anything can happen at Bonnaroo. Dancing on the ceiling, man. Yeah, dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, he played. He played a twenty-minute. Uh, I just. Uh, I just. Or, um, he played a twenty-minute. Uh, Hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know if that's true. Uh, Jack White and then the Flaming Lips did a um, a uh, late set as well, and then on Sunday, an artist that's actually surprisingly has never played an American music festival before. Elton John oh, we was the he closed out the whole uh, the whole sh- the whole thing. Elton John was Bonnaroo's big headliner this year. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. But kind of cool though, too. That's know? cool, but I don't think of him as that big of a headliner. He played Springfield, Illinois on his I Need Money tour a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when he <laughs> he Right. I think it kind of depends on, you know, who he's with. Like when he does, when he plays a Billy Joel, he plays like Soldier Field, you know, or <laughs> yeah. something like that. But yeah, when it's just him, yeah, he'll hit up the smaller markets too. Um, but, you know, he's got kind of a lot of uh, iconic kind of cachet, you know, I mean, it's oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so interesting, yeah. like very, as, as, as I've reiterated um, already quite a bit tonight, very eclectic and also, um, you know, just uh, anybody's anything's fair game at Bonnaroo. Could right? could I mean, Bonner so Bonnaroo can't jump the shark. Um, Bonnaroo could could have Miley Cyrus, and like that would be kind of expected. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they don't, but they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they could. O- yeah, I mean, they had Eminem over under year. five years from now. Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus plays Bonnaroo within five years. Would you take that bet? I would. I would yeah. actually. Yeah. All right. Because, you know, like she her okay, her music's awful, but like you know, she wants to party and um, yeah. she seems like, like a partier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean like I mean granted it's a little it all looks a little contrived, but um she, you know, like her, her Apparently yeah, she sampled her on, stage show? on on the new Wall J record. She's on it? They sample her on their new single, I guess. Uh, somebody had to tell me it was her. I didn't. Oh, that's fine. That's great. Yeah, and, you know, like she's worked with the Flaming Lips, too. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's not wink, that wink, out of the question. Wayne Coyne's a weirdo, though. So I'm not going oh, totally, to. Uh, totally. Yeah. But, but I mean, her state show looks like a freaking Jeff Koons exhibit. You know, I mean, like, it's. <laughs> oh, I, I did the last year at the Illinois State Fair. Kesha played, and I did her loadout. Yeah, and on the stage was giant inflatable legs with like high heels on them. Look like they're getting screwed. Right, and like all over the stage is like pounds of glitter and condoms. They were like throwing <laughs> sealed condoms to like the kids in the crowd. Yeah, it was like the most absurd ridiculousness I'd ever been a part of. That was yeah, the only like, thing. Miley's shows will be even weirder. You know, they'll be like just like a really buff guy will come out wearing a teddy bear mask. You know what I mean? Like yeah. weird, weird shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, am I at a right said Fred show? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, man, let's let's put right said like right said Fred on one of the smaller stages. All right. <laughs> anyway, <For sure. laughs> anyway, um, 
So, so yeah, as as you as you can see, like Bonnaroo um, will book just about anybody. And to answer Jonathan's question, yes, I would take that bet that she'll play it sometime soon. Yeah. Um, I I hope I don't know whatever. I mean, like there'll yeah. be there'll be a hundred other good bands there. So I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know if I think a lot of, and like the the variety. My last point before we get into our lineups, there the volume of acts the number of acts is so high there i mean the first year that levi and i went there weren't that many bands there were like four stages you know and they didn't have this thursday night thing right i mean they it was just the friday saturday sunday they didn't they they had the late night shows but they weren't like you know as high profile um and now it's like you know it's just like it's just dust till it's morning morning till night you know just music the whole time was it so even um, if miley cyrus is the headliner i think a lot of people shrug it off and be like oh well i just let's right. go watch something else you know it, was it well organized those first couple of years mm, I guess. As, as well as it could be yeah. i mean i don't remember there being like any major catastrophes that first year um, yeah, I mean, you get you get that. It many took people. a little while to get in, which I right. mean, it always does at a festival. Yeah, I don't like Levi mentioned. I, I don't think they they had like all the the traffic routes down and everything like that to make that flow as smoothly. But but now, what twelve years later, I, it's a pretty well oiled machine. I think you know. I mean, they've yeah. They think, I think they probably know what they're doing. So much money has flown and gone into that little county. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like if. You drive by stuff to get to the festival grounds, and it's like brand new libraries, brand new fire department, brand new municipal building. Yeah, like Maserati police cars and stuff. Speaking of, I wonder if the fuzz picks people off left and right during that, or if they've kind of laid off that. Oh, I don't think that. I bet. I bet they. No, they don't want to. They know where their bread's buttered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think so. Um, Yeah. I. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as you're not like swerving in the middle of your lane, I think you're pretty good. Yeah. Right, and and I yeah. don't know, like I think most of it's contained on that farm outside of Manchester. That you know they just they just probably as long as, as long as nobody's got a gun, you know. Like right. I think uh, right. I think yeah I think I think they yeah. pretty much let it slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you just need big jars of peanut butter. Right. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so Levi, so just what we've got as far as you know, I had everybody pick um, five five artists. Yep. Okay. Headliner, a Friday night late night, Saturday night headliner, Saturday night late night, and then Sunday headliner. You know, the Elton John type slot to close it out. Yeah. Um, the only rules that I put up were um, there could be no reunions. Okay, so. If you're salivating over the prospect of, you know, Led Zeppelin playing again, you got to scratch that, right? Because you just you get into yeah. too much fantasy yeah. territory there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So none of that, and also, you know, the band needs to have played live within the last ten years, right? Um, so that was kind of that was the other. The yeah. other mm-hmm. um, those were the only rules. So um, well, also one more. I take that back. Um, the the bands should be big enough, um, and there's a little bit of flexibility here, but the bands should be big enough that they would play on a big stage, you know, most likely. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as there's so many artists out there that we all love, you know, um, that just, you know, want to see them at Bonnaroo, but they're not, they're obviously not going to play a headlining slot. So anyway, 
Um, Levi, I'm going to start with you. I'm I'm dying to hear these, man. Um, and, and they could yeah, have played it, Bonnaroo. One one other thing. I'm sorry. They they could have played Bonnaroo before. They they could already have have played Bonnaroo because, let's face it, you know, it's hard to find somebody who hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, at this point, it's hard to find somebody who hasn't. Um, I found a couple, exactly. but um, yeah, uh, I actually my my one for Friday night is like. My Friday evening main stage pick is right. a band that I've seen before, but it's a band that I think a lot of people would like and would go to. And I, as far as I know, they haven't played Bonnaroo, and that was Aerosmith. Nice. I thought it would be nice. like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? I like, Get like Mike Myers to show up and yes. do like a Wayne. Dana Carvey are there. Come on. <laughs> Dude, oh, Wayne and Garth introducing them? That would be awesome. Yeah, and so that, that, was my, that was for me. That was my Friday night. I love it, man. I want... I want Aerosmith, and then and like plus so, like deep set list. You know what I mean? They could. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Walk See, in the he's dog, in the wither, man. You know, um, yeah, dude, that's what I want to hear. Fuck yeah, yeah man! So, I like where you're headed with this. Go on. Yeah, and so as I leave Aerosmith, I gotta get my mind right and get ready to go to the late night show, and right. late night Friday night, kicking off the late night, getting everybody going. I got Beck. Nice. Beck is nice. gonna play late night, and I think he's got the kind of music to where he could play. You know, he doesn't have to play all hits, but he's got a lot of good songs and a lot of danceable songs, and he could definitely get a crowd into it. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he better not go out there then and play, you know, like the new one in its entirety, because <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> don't no, get me wrong, yeah, no, I like it. It's really no good. Either. But, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you can't This is like we're playing, you know, Midnight Vulture. Song. We got a full right. horn section. Right, so. right. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Beck's, nice. Beck's gonna get everybody dancing Friday night. That'd be a party, man. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, yeah, that was Friday night. And uh, Saturday, I thought um, a good crowd pleaser act that would span multiple decades and multiple generations of people. Um, Saturday night at the main stage is Dre and Snoop. Nice. And they're gonna. Like we got Chronic and Doggy Style in their entirety. <laughs> I'm loving it, dude. Yeah, it. it's special. It's special. It's Bonnaroo, guys. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And that is so, awesome, uh, dude. Yeah. Saturday night after that, I got to go back to the late night stage, and it's the last late night performance of Bonnaroo. So it's got to it's got to kick it off. And I I went with another party, another dance mm-hmm. prince. Prince nice. is nice. doing the late night at Bonnaroo, last late night. And he hasn't played it yet. No, and I think Prince could definitely get that crowd whipped up oh, on, God, yes. on a Saturday evening into Sunday morning. And uh, I just, I he was one that I knew hadn't played, and it was like such a no-brainer. I was like, Prince needs to play Bonnaroo. Right. Absolutely. And um, so for our, for our Elton John slot, as we'll call it, um, on Sunday evening, kind of get everybody in the mood to drive a bunch of hours home and everything. You know, he's going to come with some sing-along songs everybody knows, and that's Sir Paul McCartney. Nice. So closing it out that's with Le- NACA, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Levi's Bonashoe. I like it. I like it. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Excellent work, dude. Yeah, I I love. I love the Aerosmith pick. I, I really do. Yeah. It's surprising that uh, hasn't happened, actually. Yeah. 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 Those are all really feasible. You know, the Dre and Snoop and Aerosmith. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, excellent work. Good deal. I, I originally had two bands on there and was like, no one's going to go to those shows but me. Well, except maybe one. I had the Cult and was like, the Cult is just for me. I just would oh, yeah, the Cult play Potteroo. <laughs> and then hey, the man, other... August, it, dude, August 9th at the new music venue in Chicago, Concord. I know. And yeah, I, I want to go so the badly. Yeah. They're playing the pageant, oh, too, nice. in St. Louis. Go to that. I really, go to really want to go, yeah. Yeah, kick ass. And um, the other band that really, it, they didn't qualify. They played, I think their last show was in 04. So, like, they technically under the rules but i didn't want to do it so that was the beta band i would really like to see nice. the beta band play bonnaroo i could see that yeah yeah definitely very cool good 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 choices man yeah the short list was always is always tough um i uh i had i struggled with with a couple of those too so excellent work man thank you J- jonathan the who hasn't been to Bonnaroo but is in charge of programming now? Yeah, what yeah, you- yeah. So in, I'm going to program it and I'm going to watch it over uh, just just the internet. I'm not going to go. <laughs> You're not Wet going. Yes, right. yes. yeah. Fans will give shout outs to you, but you're like you're like where he's where's he at? Right, like, <laughs> right. I would I would have a microphone so and I would just be drinking a cup of tea, you know. Right. <laughs> I would MC with a microphone like like my microphone here from from my desk. <laughs> um, and I would like I would say that the next song oh, yeah. will be um, but, uh, so uh, so yeah I, I think uh, um, I thought of my headliners first and then I tried to like order them in a way that I would like keep me motivated throughout the weekend and because right. you don't want to like I don't want my like my super favorite most anticipated act to be on Friday night and then and then, like you know, it starts to peter out by Saturday and Sunday. So, um, so uh, a band that I've seen a couple times live, and they always amaze me how they're not only able to sound just as good as the studio, uh, but even better uh, than their than their studio stuff is the National. And and I know the National might be breaking the rules a little bit because I don't I doubt that they would be slotted for that main stage. But I think that they have this; um, they can hold down that crowd uh, yeah. uh, for uh, with the sound that they have, and 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 uh, their, their sound man is is awesome. Uh, for the couple times I've seen them, and uh, yeah, the national should they just need to be given the chance. And yeah. uh, they are; I think they're headlining one night of Riot Fest. I oh, right, so. yeah, yeah. They haven't announced cool. the uh, the schedule yet, but. If you go to riotfest.org, you look at the lineup, you know, they're like the third or fourth band listed, so I oh, figure wow. they got to be So they know. They got to be on Fest the main knows. stage at least. Yeah. 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 Not um, quite Bonner, but still big yeah. festival. Yeah. Um and then uh and then later that night just to uh, we're getting all the hipsters in one area um is uh Broken Social Scene. And okay. uh, again, this is another personal favor for me to see Broken Social Scene uh, cuz I've never seen them live. And uh, again, I might be stretching it a little bit because they aren't that big of an act. But if Bonnaroo were held in Canada, then they could easily do this. Are you? Are, is, is everybody? Is everybody who's attending the show, Jonathan, going to ride from Brooklyn on a ten speed bike <laughs> right. or something? On a they'll have a tattoo of a star right there, and like, right, yeah, yeah. They're all, they all brewed their own beer on the way to, uh, exactly. to the show, right? Yeah, Waxed exactly. mustaches. Right. Yep. 
Yep. Two hey, words. Somebody's got to bring me all my craft beer, all right? That's true. That's true. We'll farm-to-table restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have, right. Open it up to Menu in lowercase. Anyway, all right, all right. All right. I, so, I, but then on Saturday night, um, I'm going, uh, uh, it's a little bit reunion, but these guys did get together in the last few years. Uh, so that made them eligible. Saturday night, main stage, Stone Roses. Um, and I, maybe they've played Bonnaroo before. I don't know. Um, they haven't. No. Oh, they haven't. Coachella's okay. the only Coachella's the only American appearance they made when they got back together okay. a few years okay. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Stone Roses. They could like twenty minute. I am the Resurrection. Easy, easy. Yeah. And if they yeah. wanted to, they could segue into their own like late night DJ set if they really wanted to. Yeah. So. Um, going going back to a little Madchester, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can so, get behind that, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so that's that, that's kind of my pseudo reunion, uh, I guess. Right. Uh, well, they, but I mean, they they got back together. I mean, they. I don't know if they're playing any shows this summer, but you know, they've they've toured right. the last couple yeah. summers. It's all been overseas, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so, but then, uh, and then then we educate the kids uh, late Saturday. Uh, John Fogarty, we we keep nice. the old man up late. I like it. <laughs> yes, yeah. and uh, he comes out and, and yeah, he he tears up that Tennessee countryside. Yeah. Oh, the old yeah. man's down the roof. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Estel, we you know we we saw uh, uh, we saw Fogarty at Farm Aid '97, uh, awesome. and stole the show. Uh, oh yeah! Down, I don't even remember show. any other acts. He was I, so good. I think yeah. he played it. And it was still daylight out, and he was he was amazing. Right. He he blew the roof off of Tenley Park. He um, had just gotten the the rights to those songs back, nice. right? So like you know he was like like he had been uncorked. You know he was just yeah. he was just he was ready to go, man. And that yeah. was um, he was touring on Blue Moon Swamp, I believe. Um, oh yeah, great record. record. Great it was record. a really good record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Fogarty, uh, Fogarty there to educate all the kids there late Saturday night. Nice. Um, and then Sunday, uh, to end it, I just, I just slotted Soundgarden. Uh, oh, good. And, uh, Soundgarden, nice. not to, and, 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 uh, Levi, I, I, I took your, uh, I took your lead here and I went ahead and made the set list and it's, <laughs> it's it's not super unknown in its entirety it's down on the upside in its entirety and nice. that yeah will blow their minds to close bottom that's, that's yeah. good that's more of aside from pretty that's that, that there's some sunday songs on that one as well oh yeah. absolutely yeah yeah some yeah. more acoustic could, stuff at times yeah i could yeah. dig on that you know yeah. you're just kind of like trying to get your head together that last night you know yeah just, yeah. yeah 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 some Soundgarden lesser known tunes i like it man yeah um, one thing, the sto- if you guys get a chance, um, this, there's plenty of like footage of the Stone Roses, like you know the the shows they played over the last couple summers when they got back together. You know they played like the big, you know, festivals in Norway where they played to like 150 thousand people or something like that. Um, Ian Brown, like the audience is singing along, you know, blah 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 blah. He 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 like stops. He looks around. He's like. Still got it, and then he, then he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like, that's boss. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. a fucking rock star. Nice. Still got it. <laughs> he walks oh off. yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
All right. Excellent choices all around, guys. Some surprises, too. Like, I, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. For mine, this was tough. I did have I did have a last-minute change to one of my headliners. Um, I just, I had gone back and forth all week on it, and I was like, you know what? I'll, my lineup's a little geriatric, but that's okay. Um, so on Friday night, Levi and I must have been drinking the same Kool-Aid because I have Prince as my Friday night headliner. Um, I, I debated whether or not he should be in the late night slot. I wasn't sure. Um, but like, you know, maybe Prince could like kick it off a little later, you know, at like nine, <laughs> you know, or like nine thirty, play until midnight or something like that. So as my, oh, for my Friday night, I also have Prince. Um, he's a guy I've always wanted to play it. Um, he's a guy that's also like not afraid to play whatever the hell he wants live as well. Um, yeah. the review in recent years i think people like us would probably love them because he's not afraid to play like some you know like 15 minute fusion jam as 20 minute pussy control right exactly but yeah you know i think the the radio for the radio kind of casual fans um might walk away a little disappointed um so yeah prince does what he wants so he would fit the bonnaroo ethos definitely um and then for friday late night They've been in this slot before, and they they brought out a lot of guests. Um, and they also, since they played, I don't think they played the first year that Levi and I went, but I think they played the year after that, and they played just about every year since. Um, as my Friday late night, I chose my morning jacket um, because you know they they've got a lot of Bonnaroo clout now. It seems like, and they they I think they like to collaborate with just about anybody. You know. Um, a few years ago, there's some foot, there's some great footage of it on on YouTube. Um, Kirk Hammett came out and played with them on One Big Holiday. Um, I think it was this. Obviously, it was the same year that Levi went there. Yeah, um, and you know they did the R. Kelly thing a couple of years ago. Um, you know they 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 seem to just want to invite all the players, and they seem to me like sort of the band that typifies bond, that that like is they're sort of the 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 preeminent Bonnaroo band right now you know just sort of like how they approach music um the, the diversity of their influences the fact that they they love to play long shows if the situation calls for it um you know yeah they they they, they would they would bring it as they've brought it before um so i've got my morning jacket friday late night my saturday headliner this one was a little tough because um my initial choice I changed and I went back and forth. Um, this was a big tour a few years ago and I always wanted to see it. Um, just cause I heard good reviews of it. Uh, I chose Roger Waters as my Saturday headliner. Um, you know, he toured, it seemed like forever on the wall. Um, a couple of years ago, like he played soldier field. He was playing, you know, baseball stadiums and mm -hmm. arenas and all. He took it out there and really, really milked the wall for all it was worth. Um, and while I'd like to see him with Gilmore, um, he's got Snowy White on guitar right now, which is one of the best rock and roll handles ever. Um, <laughs> Snowy White, who played with Thin Lizzy for a little while, um, just a really good session guy. So, you know, he's got like a pretty good band with him. And just to see like the spectacle of the wall, you know, at Bonnaroo would be pretty cool. You know, just the Definitely. unison of it all, the crowd yeah. singing, you know, just yeah. the visuals, all of that would be would be pretty neat. You know, big spectacle. Um, why not? So I've got Roger Waters as my Saturday headliner. And then um, 
my Saturday late night show, I chose this act because no matter really who's in the band, I'll always love them. And uh, also, or I always love him, I guess, at this point. Um, and also it accommodates um, the band's or the lead singer's lack of punctuality. I chose Guns N' Roses as my late night headliner on Saturday. Why not? You know, just 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 let's throw down, man. You know, um, do you tell uh, Axel Paradise that City. he's scheduled Paradise for, for nine so that he, he's ready to go at two? You, you schedule you tell Axel that he's scheduled for nine so that he's ready right. to go at two. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Since at Bonnaroo, they don't really, you know, it's like, you know, whatever. You start your set at 2 a.m., no problem. So he'll do it. And I don't know, like, I, I've got, I, I totally have a, from childhood, like a, a soft spot for Axel. I always will. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, if, if you've looked at the set list that he's played with this in this incarnation of guns and roses um they play like three hour shows mm-hmm. you know i mean whether you or not you like some chinese democracy songs thrown in um which i actually think that album is better than people give it credit for um i don't I, it's kind of grown on me in a strange way um yeah they you know they play like three three plus hour shows which would fit bonnaroo they play a lot of covers good covers too like they do the seeker um you know they do don't let it bring you down um yeah so that would be fun you know they would invite people up there um yeah. you know they, they maybe seem... a flash reunion yeah I've, i mean we'll, if we'll, it, we'll keep our fingers crossed yeah if can air, it would be bother well you know <laughs> slash is kind of like the one guy that probably wouldn't rejoin because since since this you know axel's trotted out whatever version of guns and roses that he has over the last 10 12 years if not a little longer um duff got back with them i don't know if you saw that for a few shows yeah, yeah, for a little yeah yeah, yeah he played like shows. five or six shows with them so they're friendly um and then izzy stradlin sat in with them on multiple yeah, on occasions too yeah. um and i think so did steven adler once so um so basically like everybody but slash could rejoin you know i mean <laughs> so uh so yeah and um you know, when people bash this version of Guns N' Roses, I, I totally get it. I totally get why you would do that. Yeah. But um, to, like, call, like, Tommy Stinson, who is the bass player for, you know, one of the best bands of the 1980s and also one of my favorite bands in The Replacements, you know, like, I, I kind of take offense to that when people are like, oh, you know, like Tommy Hanson, Tommy Stinson, uh, Tommy, Tommy Hanson, I got my mind on baseball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Stinson isn't a hack you know what i mean like that's not just any guy holding the bass guitar for me so when people are like oh you know like these guys are are scabs or whatever um you know it's kind of offensive you know a lot of it is that they're not true enough music fans to know who those people are right exactly exactly yeah um you know some good people have passed through this version of guns and roses as well robin fink who played with nine inch nails for um, played with them. Uh, Brain from Primus played drums with them for a while. Um, so Don't Richard forget Buckethead. <laughs> Buckethead, yeah, right. Richard Fortas, who was in the Psychedelic Furs, which is kind of weird, that, but what, I like the Psychedelic Furs. So, well, yeah, yeah I, you know, some I good think what it goes to show them. is, like, Axel has some really eclectic fucking parties at his house, man. I bet he does, <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, 
Right. It's like, I got the guy from the replacements. This guy's in the band. It's totally. like the weirdest melting pot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. He's like living color coming over later. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, um, God, speaking of which, man, God, put, put Vernon Reed in that lead guitar slot. God. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, anyway. So yeah, I've got guns and roses on late night. Just why not, man? Tearing it up. And then Sunday, I think I went as big as you can go. Why not the Stones to close out Bonnaroo? You know, they've, yeah. they've only got a couple of years it. left to do it, I think. Well, yeah, and, and they haven't, so yeah. And they haven't. And uh, like, like, as I mentioned earlier, Bonnaroo is so big now that it can book anybody. Like mm-hmm. the Stones aren't off limits, you know. Yeah. I mean, McCartney has played, you know. I mean, uh, Elton John, Metallica, Pearl Jam, you know, anybody. Like, they can get anybody. So uh, the Stones, why not just break out the checkbook and and have the Stones um, uh, close out Bonnaroo? Nice. It's only rock and roll, you know. So nice. why not? So that's Do mine, it. man. Yeah, well done. good stuff good all stuff. around. Yeah. yeah. So so that's mine. Um, one thing I also wanted to do uh, before we get to our baseball cards. Um, I wanted to uh, talking on the subject of festivals and music festivals had one other kind of homework assignment um, where we selected if we had a time machine, uh, a festival that we could attend. And, um, you know, the only rules that I kind of threw up there were, you know, probably the two most iconic festivals of all time, Woodstock and Monterey Pop, you know, just for their, their places in history I decided to exclude those. You know, those are like two obvious choices as well, you know. Um, so, so yeah, no Woodstock or Monterey, but everything else is open. And, you know, you could do something that just happened once or you could select maybe a certain year of a recurring festival like, you know, this year of Bonnaroo, this year of Glastonbury, this year of Download, you know, any of the other big European festivals. You know, you could you could do that as Lollapalooza, whatever you could you could do that as well. Um, so I want to go ahead and, and, and talk about those. Um, Levi, what about yours for your for your uh, you've okay. got the time machine. This, this was your yeah, festival. Yeah. And, and this was, you know, I, I know that we're all we're all fans of, of classic style rock. And well, that. so I can, uh, you know, we're we're all probably going to get that era. But it was tough not not to choose that era. Right. I had. There were some really cool festivals in the 80s. It would have yeah. been cool to see Live Aid or any yeah, of that kind absolutely. of stuff. But um, the one I ended up on was in the last weekend of July, 1969, in Seattle, Washington. And it was called the Seattle Pop Festival. And this is a rundown of the artists that were there. Um, I'm going to name a couple of bands that I hadn't heard of until I read this. And then I went and they... they some of them sounded okay. Um, the first band I had never heard of, Chrome Circus, and it's spelled S Y R C U S Circus. All right. And there's there's no H in Chrome. They were very trendy. Yes. <laughs> Good. Psychedelic type name. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we got some bands, you know, Albert Collins, Santana, Bo Diddley, the Flying Burrito Brothers, the Youngbloods, Ten Years After, Tim Buckley, It's a Beautiful Day, the Guess Who, the Birds. Um, Ike and Tina Turner, Lonnie Mack, Chicago, when they were known as the Chicago Transit Authority. This was like in their first year of touring. Um, Tim Buckley played again as well as Santana on the second day. 
And then so, Spirit was there. I got a nice. line on you. A vanilla Fudge. Underrated. Zeppelin. The, the, the last night last night is Led Zeppelin, Lee Michaels, then The Doors. Jesus. So, nice. yeah, it was it was... It was a festival, man. That's it was insane. It, it sounded like it would have been a really good time. Yeah, that's almost that's almost better than Woodstock to me, right there. You know, throwing the doors on the bill oh, yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, Doors Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah Ze- Doors. Yeah, and, yeah I, right. Lee Michaels. Not a lot of people know Lee Michaels. He had the one hit. Do you know what I mean? Right. It was hit in the early seventies. Right. He was known more as like a psychedelic organ master. Mm-hmm. He played keys and uh. Like, was known for crazy long shows and everything. He played with the drummer from a band called Sweat Hog, was yeah. his drummer. Nice. Would Would Graham Parsons have been in The Birds or The Burrito Brothers then? He, he might have been in both. Because they both were there. They were both there, so he was there in some capacity. Right, right. Very cool, man. Excellent, yeah. excellent choice. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. one of those festivals with such a stellar lineup that you know probably gets overshadowed. By Woodstock, I had never heard of it you know, before. The, the, the other concerts from from that year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's an interesting omission uh, from that, obviously. Uh, if you think of Seattle and and '69, uh, would would sure. been, you know, uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix obviously was pretty active, uh, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, huh? Good stuff, man. Absolutely. Jonathan, what about you, man? What uh, what do you, what do you have for? So, um, yeah. So I uh, I, I found one that, admittedly, I had I, I didn't know anything about until I read about it. Um, uh, 1974 at the Missouri State Fairgrounds in Sedalia, which I've been to the Missouri State Fair. Um, it's not right. quite as good as the Illinois State Fair. Um, it's about <laughs> it's a fraction of the size. Not saying much. Well, no, it is. If you really appreciate the <laughs> Illinois State Fair, when you've been to other state fairs, seriously, um, uh, plug for the fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> honest, yeah. Um, but uh, the Ozark Music Fest uh, was was held in July '74, and uh, yeah. uh, the the motto uh, "No hassles guaranteed." Um, it's <laughs> uh, a good motto. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty t-shirts good. with like a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like three hundred fifty thousand people showed up to this thing. Um, uh, they claimed like like, like they they were selling this more than they thought. Uh, yeah, they, they were they were thinking just about fifty thousand um, was was uh, what they were uh, selling to uh, to the uh, authorities. Um, yeah, and also not like Woodstock. This is like good Midwestern kids, man. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, everybody's just ready Born to fit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so and, and and I'm I'm interested in again I'm I'm watching from you know my computer in 1974 I'm not actually there, um, but um, uh, so I, I'm it's it's yeah it's it's more fascinating just from the cultural standpoint and the and the music as well it's probably not all my favorite bands or uh by any means in terms of 70s music festivals but um it wasn't bad so yeah bachman turner overdrive aerosmith blue Oyster colt eagles uh marshall tucker uh boskak nugent uh, skinnard uh springsteen was slated but didn't didn't perform seeger that would have been an early spring 
audience, a lot of the audience probably wouldn't have known who he no, was. No, right, yeah. 74, yeah. Um, Seeger, uh, Charlie Daniels, <laughs> Ozark Mountain Daredevils, of course, uh, REO, sign, Spirit. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's, it, it's a pretty solid, uh, uh, solid, solid itinerary there. Um, and all rock, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. uh, yeah. 74, Prague was still pretty big, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. 74 is sort of the, the 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 one of the heights of Prague, you know, like Yes and, and, and they did and Emerson, like, and Palmer. And, they did yeah. have a Prague band, and unfortunately, I, 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 I'm not familiar with them, but they were, I think, this Italian Prague band or something. Uh, uh, and I'm not even going to try the name, because I'll butcher yeah. it, so... Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so it was so out of hand, apparently, that there was a a state senate committee investigation into the festival after it was after it concluded. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's when you know you've yeah. got a, a boss. <laughs> right, oh, right. So, <laughs> um, uh, and 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 there's they there... they had sold the festival as like a bluegrass. Thing or right. something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and sure enough, right, I mean, like, we've got Bill Monroe and also Ted Nugent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So they, uh, and I, I, they're, they're doing a uh, documentary on it. It's the 40th anniversary of this month uh, of this. And so, so I watched a trailer uh, on YouTube for this documentary. And sure enough, it was kind of debaucherous. Uh, and there's lots of photos, uh, NSFW photos of right. uh, uh, people walking out uh, willy-nilly, so to speak. Um, <laughs> lots and, of nudity, yes. Yeah, and for Sedalia, Missouri, this is probably a bit much. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, there were comparisons to Solomon oh, yeah. and Gomorrah. And, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> And the, the, the quote of the Senate committee report for this was, um, natural and unnatural sex acts became a spectator sport. Everybody's <laughs> so. yeah, just pounding oh, yeah. Schlitz, man, getting ready to oh, yeah. fucking rock to Aerosmith. Yeah, it's, ba- it's oh, basically yeah. like a rock festival in the middle of Mayberry RFD. Right. <laughs> and so it, and it looked interesting because it looks like... Um, and I don't know, maybe Woodstock did this, but they had the main stage, and they just had a main stage left and a main stage right. So you would just watch to the left, and then watch to the right. That like the next band would be on the right, and so they were able to do the set changes uh, quickly that way. I guess so. Um, I like that. You yeah, know, little, little like downtime in between bands. Stages at a yeah. festival. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just turn to yeah. the left and then turn to the right, and yeah, that's, that's it. So, Ozark Music Fest, nineteen seventy four. Oh, it was like yeah, 105 excellent. degrees apparently as well. So, oh my god, no wonder people were naked. Oh yeah, right. I mean, there's uh, there's not a dude with a shirt on in any photos I've seen at this festival, <laughs> yeah. nor a girl. No. So, Man. no, the largest pants size was a thirty. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that 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 lineup just brings a smile to my face, man. Um, yeah. I- I saw yeah. that and was like, wow, what a good lineup. Hell yeah. Um, so for me, um, I, I, I chose a, a festival from the same year as as the Ozark Festival. Um, you know, if you were, I'm kind of one of those people, like if you ever to like hold a gun to my head and say 60s or 70s, what's it going to be? I choose the 70s, you know. Um, yeah, right. Just because you got the whole decade, you know what I mean? I um, agree. So uh, I chose um, uh 
pretty big, pretty high profile show. Uh, it was videotaped. You can watch some of the footage. Um, I chose the California Jam, the first one from California. 1974. Yeah. Um, Really, for me, what drew it to me was kind of, I, I think, what would be the three headliners. Um, uh, Deep Purple, uh, with uh, it was one of Coverdale's first gigs. And the more Deep Purple I listen to, the more I actually like the David Coverdale albums. There's only like two or three of them. But uh, they were just trying some really cool stuff. And then they brought Tommy Bolin into the band as well, and, and Glenn Hughes too. So they got kind of funkier. Um, so deep and deep purple, like, I think a lot of people don't really know this. Maybe like a lot of people our age don't listen to deep purple or younger than us. Like I didn't know until I've read up more on them. Um, mainly in classic rock magazine that, uh, deep purple was like just ridiculously huge. Like they flew into this festival, like their own private jet that like said deep purple on the side of it. You know what I mean? They were just, they were like swimming in money. Because I think a lot of it, too, because they got so big over in in Europe as well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, probably bigger over there than they were over here. But they were still an arena band over here. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, switched lead singers at the height of their popularity and didn't really phase them either. You know, as far as popularity goes. Yeah. Predated Van Halen. Yeah, right, right. And like I said, I'm I'm, as uh, as the years have gone on, I've grown more partial to the Coverdales, too. Um, so, so they were the headliner, you know, they were, um, they actually, I think there was a, they mixed the schedule around at the last minutes. So they, I think a lot of people thought they were going to play last, but they didn't. Um, the other two headliners were Black Sabbath. So Sabbath in 74, it's like just Sabbath at like the height of its powers, you oh, know, wow. um, right before, and I like their latter albums, but a lot of people don't, you know, right, right before like, you know, their, the quality of their work in many people's eyes, started to decline a little bit with technical ecstasy and um, never say die. So yeah, 74, you know, they would have been right off of uh, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, I think, you know, right before sabotage. So just killer show Um, uh, right before also like, you know, like they, you know, Ozzy started to to get pretty in pretty tore up, you know? Um, So it was like kind of Sabbath at like, you know, you saw them at like kind of the end of the, their prime even though they went on for a f- few years afterwards and still put on some good shows. The end of the really, you know, good, like, 70 to 74 Sabbath. And then also the other act, um, which also I, th- I don't think a lot of people, particularly younger people, realize how huge they were. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer um, oh, yeah. was so huge. Um, and also 1974, so Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, extremely popular. Um, and I like ELP. I always have. But they are one of those bands that kind of it's always perplexed me, like how they got so popular. Like, how does like somebody yeah, make oh, music yeah. like that yeah. inaccessible? And like like they sold out like Madison Square Garden, like three nights in a oh, row yeah. in like 1975, you know, like or oh, something. Yeah. They, they sold it out quite a bit. Um, so so you have those three as uh, as as your headliners, you know, three bands, you know, nearly at the height of their popularity. So really just just total heavy hitters right there with those three. And then, um, you know, you've also got some, an an eclectic lineup in the sense that, um, earth, wind and fire, you know, played it, um, rare earth played it. Um, another, another good under it, black Oak, Arkansas, the Eagles. Um, so 74 would have been a very, when the Eagles first album, like 72, 73, something like that. Yeah, um, I'm so, trying to know. I'm trying to know. It was Walsh in the band then, or was no, it like no, right he didn't join until yeah. um, 
And like so it's like California, right? Yeah, 76. Uh, um, so the Eagles one, actually, I, I still would have mind. I, I still wouldn't mind listening to the Eagles then. Um, and also, <laughs> also <laughs> Seals and Croft, right? I mean, you can't have a music oh, yeah. festival without Black <laughs> Sabbath and Seals and Croft, right? Well, yeah. If so, we've said it once, we saw it again, man. 20-minute Diamond Girl. <laughs> right, right. So you kind of had a, you kind of had some some sets for the lovers there as well, you know, with Seals and Croft. And then, There's like, a- little yacht festival. Yeah, yeah right it's so weird so yeah so very very eclectic lineup um but also you know in my opinion you know three of the three are really the best bands of you know of the of the of the early to mid 70s um uh as headliners um so really uh that that sealed the deal for me so i i, I thought about a few others you know i had thought about um you know, maybe Watkins Glen, but it's like, ah, they only had like three or four bands there. Don't get me wrong. They were amazing bands, but yeah. there's almost too many people at that one. You know, um, there's there's tons of other good ones. So so those 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 are uh, those are the festivals. If we had the time machine, nice. good choices all around. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're going to go ahead and show our cards now to close it out with uh, a baseball segment. So, uh, Levi, I'll let you go ahead and, and start us off, man. What do you got? This card was a card I never owned, obviously, because it was way too expensive when I was a kid. But as I've gotten older and as all the cards have gone down in price, I picked one up just so I could have it. Because, I don't. to me, it kind of almost exemplifies my youth in one card. Okay. And that that is the 1989... King Griffey Jr. rookie card. Gorgeous card, dude. Just yeah. gorgeous. Card number, card number one of the then just released 1989 Upper Deck. And they were revolutionary at the time. No more wax packs. So right. you didn't you didn't have to worry about like the weird CD up, like taking an iron and refilling all the pack where you took out the rookie card. Right, right. Uh, they had a, a piece of the most hologram on the back. Never had yes. in life. Yeah. yeah, holograms on the back, so they were not counter. You could tell if you had a real upper deck card or not. Yep. <laughs> they were also ninety nine yeah, cents a pack, right? Yeah, which yeah, was yeah. That was, yeah, that was twice like as much as tops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They changed the game, man. They were game changers though that that year. Um, kind of the beginning and the end of of like baseball right. card collecting you know like they yep. oh, yeah. they revolutionized oh, yeah. that it, but card. at the same time they they you know they kind of indirectly just yeah. kind of tore it down too yep. that card was unattainable as a child to me oh, it was yeah. like hundreds of dollars so yep. coveted and i think yep. i ended up getting it on ebay for like 8 bucks or something wow so, that's so sad yeah. that's so sad <laughs> yeah yeah same thing with i i, I got a mcguire usa olympic card that was like unattainable when i was a kid i think i paid three dollars for it yeah i have i have multiple canseco 86 donruss rookie cards i got them two for a buck damn wow he looks um he looks so i mean obviously he is young but just like he looks so youthful in that photo and like just so just kind of ready ready for the stage you know like that guy yeah that guy's he a headliner, like, man. You know, like, hey, I'm gonna ready. tear it up. Yeah, <laughs> he's a oh, he's a beautiful man. You know, he was. Yeah. <laughs> first, so, first, I'm secure enough yeah. to say that he is. Yeah, hey, so. first father and son uh, tandem right. as well in baseball right. when he came yeah. out. So. Yeah, we're uh, we're all all three of us were lucky to to watch basically his whole career. You know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, nice. good stuff, man. Good wow. good card, good card. Wow. John, you had a really. You. 
I got to say also, he had a really fun, uh, I think it was like 1994 Super Nintendo game, King Griffey Jr. Baseball. Oh, yeah. Shout out. I don't remember that one vividly, but I, I, I remember the game. Yeah, yeah. It was not licensed. I think like one of the players' names was like Can of Corn or something right, like that. Right. It was just Griffey, and then yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody else, wow. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, mine is only seven years prior, but it seems like a world uh, before the Griffey. Um, 82 Don Russ, Raleigh Fingers, Ooh, nice. uh, autographed, you might nice. say there. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we had um, uh, my my mom's family. Uh, uh, my mom grew up in, in Wisconsin, and uh, so a lot a lot of family up up in Wisconsin. And um, we have, I believe it's, I have this entire eighty two Donruss Brewers team set autographed. Um, and that was incidentally their dude. You got Yount as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It should obviously be in there. So that was in eighty two. This was, of course, then the year that they went to the series. Um, So this was this was the team that 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 took them to the series. Cardinals uh, beat them that year, right? Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's really interesting too because this. Uh, I mean, there are books about that team and and like like locally produced books and in, in Milwaukee about that team, and it's just it's fascinating to think that you know the Brewers they've uh, they they've never won a World Series there in Milwaukee, um, uh, but that's as close as they got. So like that's. That's who gets the books, and, and that's who still has the notoriety, even though they didn't win it. But they're still; it's almost treated as if they did uh, win right. uh, win the series. So, um, oh, yeah. so Raleigh Fingers, obviously, yeah. um, nice. uh, one of the more uh, charismatic and, and famous Milwaukee Brewers, yeah. uh, and obviously the uh, champion uh, mustache bearer in the history of the major leagues. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's well, yeah, man, and that's neat. Like you said, they still hold those guys in high regard and that's exactly how it is in chicago like i think jody davis still gets like free steaks down at like oh, the, the, <laughs> definitely the harry carries lifetime, lifetime pass yeah, yeah you know and, and, and it, yeah go ahead i'm sorry no no you can go well you know we were, t- we were talking earlier about you know biggest surprises of this year um outside of of the team you know Brewers are pretty good this oh, yeah. year, you know. Yeah. Like they they haven't collapsed yet, right. um, yeah. so we'll see. You know, I, I, I mean, I think uh, I think like you know, if if they get to the playoffs, like I think a team like St. Louis could certainly overpower them um, in the playoffs. But I don't, they, they got a good squad, man. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people pick the Brewers to be right down there with the Cubs, and um, and uh, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. so. Good stuff, man. Leave out what you're going to say. I'm sorry, man. I interrupted you. No, I, I was just. It, it, I think it's funny too. You know, those teams are held in so high regards, like the Brewers and stuff, yep. and the Cubs, and uh, you know, it's it's what those towns have to hold on to because it was the closest they got to glory. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, my card um, is one of the. Uh, more famous players of the 80s who had spectacles but in this photo he's not wearing them Sabo. Well, and, he, and he Sabo. looks like he can't what? see either right no like, yeah like blind the, the, the photographer's like chris smile man smile he's like I, I can't see anything i don't i don't i wear the glasses i'm the guy with the glasses i can't see anything <laughs> so um so yeah so this is chris sabo without right. his glasses on and he's squinting 
Yeah, yeah this is a Bowman. Yeah. Still one of the longer cards. Is, is, here. Uh, so yeah, that's eighty eight or eighty nine yeah. Bowman. Eighty nine or ninety. Eighty nine or ninety. Yeah. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. There were the tall ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Sabo. That's weird. You always to see. had the goggles, man. Like yeah. the basketball player goggles. Yeah. The Lambeers. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Played on uh, some good Reds teams there in uh, oh, 89, 90. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. I remember his rookie cards. Everybody wanted one. He was an all star yeah. rookie. He was a top all star rookie. I remember that. Yeah. And then he got rookie of the year, right? Didn't he? He beat out. Um, he beat. No. Jerome Walton got it in 89. In 89. 89, yeah. Sabo so in 88, been... maybe? No? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, great. Well, good stuff, yeah, guys. Good stuff. All around, man. This was fun. Fun episode, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll uh, we'll keep it going. You know, maybe on the Facebook page, you know, the, the Bonnaroo, Bonnachoo, Bonnachoo, excuse me, you know, we could post some of the set lists if we wanted to, you know, albums that we'd like to hear them play in their entirety, so... Links galore coming. Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Sabo won 1988 NL Rookie of the Year. Okay, all right, 88. 88. Nice. Right. I always get him Fact and Walton checker. confused with when nice. they won, so, yeah. Good stuff, boys. Well, um, I will see you, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon. Take all care. All right. All right. Have a good one. Happy trails. Later.